This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and a gemstone lover. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. So each day, I'm going to share a few of my favorite deep cuts with you. Let's take a look at today's story. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so... Don't leave too soon, I'm gonna teach you stuff, no it won't be tough, gonna go a year till you've had enough, it's 365. Today, in 1905, the world's largest diamond was discovered. It's called the Cullinan, and it was found in the premier diamond mine in Transvaal, South Africa. The manager of the mine was named Frederick Wells, and he was the one to discover the 0.6-kilogram diamond, which came in at a whopping 3,106.75 carats. He said it looked like a big lump of barley sugar. He took the diamond to the mine's owner, Sir Thomas Cullinan, for whom the diamond came to be known. The diamond was so big that they couldn't find anyone to buy it. It wasn't until two years later that the Transvaal government agreed to buy the diamond for £150,000 and give it as a gift to King Edward the seventh of England. Getting the diamond to King Edward was a production in and of itself. The Transvaal government put the diamond on a smuggling steamship under armed guards, or so they told everyone. In fact, that was all a ruse, and the diamond on the steamship was a fake. The real diamond was sent through the mail, with just a three-shilling postage stamp on a plain box. The diamond was given to King Edward in November of 1907, and then it was sent to one of the most well-regarded diamond cutters in the world, Joseph Asher who studied the gem for months to figure out how best to cut it. His first attempt to cut the diamond cut his chisel instead. Now I know why they talk about how hard diamonds are. It took eight months to cut the diamond into nine principal stones. The largest stone came to be known as the Great Star of Africa. To this day, it is the largest polished white diamond in the world. Nowadays, every year, $13 billion of rough diamonds are produced. A little more than half of these, $8 million worth, come from Africa. The diamond industry employs 10 million people worldwide. Diamond jewelry sales still grow every single year, and in the past 25 years, the diamond trade has tripled three times. But alas, the beauty of diamonds has a very dark side. To start off with, the diamond mining industry is really bad for the environment. Much of the mining is unregulated, so there is hardly any way to ensure that it is safe, ethical, and environmentally conscious. The mining is super not sustainable and creates a lot of waste for the amount of stones that are found and sold. Diamond mining also harms biodiversity in the areas where it takes place, while the process of mining releases carbon emissions into the air. That's not the only questionable part of the diamond-making and selling process, though. The grading system that supposedly regulates how diamonds are sold changes based on what diamonds have been found lately and is up to the whims of diamond sellers to enforce, so a lot of times it ends up being shady and more based on what the sellers want than what the diamond's quality actually is. Perhaps worst of all, Nearly 25% of diamonds sold today are blood diamonds, which means that they were sourced via slavery and conflict. The well-known diamond corporation, D. Beers, 
is also notorious for using child labor. When it was revealed that the De Beers diamonds were sourced using unethical practices, De Beers promised to release diamonds that were well-sourced for a higher price. I don't like that. You shouldn't have to pay more for ethical diamonds. Ethics should just be the foremost practice in any corporation. What makes it even worse is that D. Beers didn't even release any sort of proof that the new line of diamonds was actually conflict-free. This shadowy release of information is endemic to the diamond industry. Diamonds are popular for many reasons, but a lot of the hype comes from the fact that diamond sellers just made it that way. Diamond businesses want diamonds to have a reputation of strength and rarity and romance so that more people buy them. There are tons of gemstones out there, and many of them don't have the sketchy sourcing or ethical qualms that diamonds do. I don't own many crystals or gemstones um, at all, but if I do, I have one ring that's a synthetic gemstone, and I really like it. I can't tell a difference. Maybe somebody who is a jeweler can, but I can't because I'm 20 and I know nothing. Um, But I still really like it. And it doesn't fund a genocide. The diamond engagement ring doesn't even date really far back to an old age tradition, as the diamond industry would have us believe. The idea of diamonds as an engagement ring was created in the 1920s by, you guessed it, D. Beers. At the time, they controlled 90% of African diamond mining and were looking for a way to make the gemstone popular in the United States. It worked. Now everyone thinks of diamonds as the only acceptable engagement ring. That's not the only false rumor about diamonds, though. In fact, a lot of the things that we say about them aren't true. Has anyone ever told you that diamonds are super rare? They're not. They're actually one of the most common gemstones on Earth. This also leads to them being super overpriced. Diamonds are sold at a huge markup. To combat some of these issues, labs have started making synthetic diamonds. They're so well made that unless you're some kind of rich diamond expert type, you can't tell the difference between it and the real thing. They're usually 20-30% to cheaper than mined diamonds, they have the same chemical components as so-called real diamonds, or you could buy lots of other gemstones. The world is full of cool rocks and minerals, and there's no reason to only wish for diamonds. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now on to music. Today in 2020, Billie Eilish swept through the Grammys, leaving no award unturned. She was nominated for six awards, won five, and won the four awards that are now considered the Big Four at the Emblematic Awards Show. Her debut album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go?, won Best Pop Vocal Album, and the album also won Album of the Year. Her absolute bop, Bad Guy, won both Record of the Year and Song of the Year. Eilish herself won Best New Artist to top it all off, her brother and producer Phineas won Best Engineered Album, Non-Classical, and Producer of the Year, Non-Classical. I loved this album. I very rarely find myself clinging on to full projects, and 
When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go was kind of one of those revival albums for me where I listened to the whole project nonstop for months on end and just was blown away by not only Billy's lyrics and performances, but the production from Phineas as well. I remember playing it on my speakers really loud while I was downstairs in my family's house and I was playing Overwatch. And I just, I would listen to Bad Guy or any of the other songs like My Strange Addiction and just like bop really hard while I was gaming. And it made me feel like I was a badass, even though in reality, I probably wasn't. So a belated congrats to Billy. I can't wait to watch her continue to crush as her career goes on. And now for our final segment of the day, I'm going to be going into my own photo archives to see what I was doing on a January 26 in my life, and it will probably be exceedingly less exciting than Billie Eilish's life. January 26, 2020. I filmed the Fever Dream music video. That was a very exciting thing for me. Definitely probably something more standard for Billie Eilish. <laughs> but I remember doing the shoot for Fever Dream's music video and I've talked about this before, but it was my first dance video that I've ever done. Uh, so I wasn't lip syncing. I wasn't um, doing performance shots outside of like actually just dancing. So performance shots and music videos are when you lip sync to the song and it's like cut in between a bunch of different other shots. Um, but I didn't have any of those because I was doing actual dance movements the whole entire time. And I think the music video, I remember doing so many takes for it. And we were dancing on a, a psych, which is basically a psych is um, a smoothed, flat, white area. <laughs> Me. <laughs> and uh, you light it up with different things so that way it looks like it's kind of infinite. Um, so that's what we had. And it was concrete. It was just painted over with like white paint. And I was dancing on it barefoot for eight hours. I remember going back to my Airbnb after that whole experience was over and just feeling like I was like, I feel like my soul has been taken out of me and moved on to the next life because I was so tired and I don't exercise. So having eight hours of dancing barefoot on a slab of concrete was pretty much the peak amount of physical effort that I had done in ages. Thanks so much for going back in time with me. And remember, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can come back tomorrow for more stories from yesteryear. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365.